Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey, where I don't claim to be a hockey expert, but simply an overzealous hockey fan that loves to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. I'm your host, Chris, and today's special guest is Jared Becker, the play-by-play announcer for the NAHL's Austin Bruins. Jared, thanks for jumping back on. Yeah, Chris, thanks for having me back on here on, on Pigeonhole. It's always a pleasure to sit and talk to you about everything junior hockey and especially North American Hockey League related. No, I appreciate that because, uh, the, as our listeners may or may not know, the NHL playoffs are in full swing. And uh, Jared and I jumped on a couple weeks ago and made our predictions. Um, we were right in some areas. We were wrong in some areas. And uh, we're going to kind of talk about how that all unfolded and kind of where we're currently at with the current series. Yeah, and I mean, right off the bat, we can uh, already say my prediction for, for my club, unfortunately, didn't go the way we would like. Uh, ended up losing to a tough Aberdeen squad, and our season ended up coming to an end uh, a lot sooner than we would have liked. But there's a lot of goods to take away and uh, prepare here for the next season as we got a couple of uh, good guys coming back for next season and uh, poised and ready to go to make another run for Robertson Cup, of course. No, and that'll be exciting. And it was uh, unfortunately, it was a great series, but it was a short one. Aberdeen really came out swinging. And, uh, you know, and congratulations to Aberdeen for moving on. We, I think we both predicted Northeast to move on. And Northeast, what a way for Northeast to not advance. Uh, if, if you got to see that last second, uh, you know, and, and the rest are human. I, I had to rewatch it a few times because I have the luxury of play by play, not play by play, but uh, hockey TV's like rewind option. Um, the the refs on the ice are not allowed to watch the replay. But, uh, yeah, I can I can say that that puck was in after the after the buzzer. That was a really disappointing way to end it. What was an amazing season for Northeast? Yeah, and that's a tough one, too. I mean, when you're watching on hockey TV, uh, that, of course, it's not the official game clock. Uh, it's always a couple seconds ahead or behind. Uh, we we'll know that here, especially uh, just working with it. I mean, it, it was a tough one. I mean, uh, from everything that you see on the on the video, the goal horn goes before the green light for the timer goes. So, I mean, the with for those on hockey TV, it may have looked like it went in a little bit later, but, I mean, all signs pointed. I mean, the horn didn't sound till after the puck crossed. I mean, I kind of looked at it at a young age. You talked about it. Coaches tell you uh, every single day you play until the, the horn sounds or until a whistle blows. And that's exactly what uh, New Jersey did to get that puck in the very last second. Yeah, and it was all over again. It was a great series by both Jersey and Northeast and Jersey advances. And uh, I think I got a bunch of the other series right. There's only one other series I actually got wrong. And I think that was New Mexico's. Uh, I picked Wichita to take out New Mexico. New Mexico proved me wrong. But honestly, that's on the play of their goalie, Halaz, man. He was unreal in that series against Wichita. New Mexico is a uh, is a good team. I mean, they're they're tough. I mean, we talked about it here. They were my prediction to come out of that uh, first round against Wichita Falls and uh, taking on Lone Star here in the in the second round of the division finals. So, I mean, a uh, good organization. They won the uh, the South Division Central uh, or the South Division uh, Organization of the Year. They have the Executive of the Year there as well. I mean, they're a, a top notch organization from the top down. I mean, it was great to watch. I, I love their jerseys. I re- really do. And uh, Wichita will be moving on now to, what is it, Oklahoma City? Yes, they are uh, officially relocating to Oklahoma City. They're keeping the, the Warriors moniker, but they're now going to be called the Oklahoma City Warriors. That's awesome. Oh, and that actually reminds me, uh, as, as there'll be the Oklahoma City Warriors, we have a new team in the NHL, the Windigo. How do you think about this new team? And I love their logo. I think the Windigo logo is wicked. For me, it's interesting seeing their logo because it's 
almost the same exact colors and almost identical shadow and logo to the St. Cloud Norseman, uh, almost, almost to a T. If you look at it really quick, you could distinguish, uh, you could have a, a little bit of a miscommunication between the two. You could think one's the other, but uh, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting market up there. I mean, it's uh, Eagle River, Wisconsin's a town of 1,400 people, very tiny. Uh, so, I mean, it's a very small town. Uh, it's about 30 minutes from the uh, Upper Peninsula in Michigan. So, I mean, I don't know. It's it's They're saying there's a lot of support there, but it'll be interesting to see how they do here in the first coming years. And, of course, uh, their first season starting this year is the relocation um, of the Minnesota Magicians franchise that spent nine years up in Richfield, which is a suburb, of course, of uh, Minneapolis. I'm excited to see uh, how it unfolds there, and hopefully that hockey market is hot for the win to go as they will be entering the Nall next year. So I'm excited to see that jersey hit the ice, and I'm sure the fans there in Eagle River will uh, be hopefully very welcoming to their new NHL franchise team. So excited to see them hit the ice. Um, And we could go through all the other series as they unfolded, uh, but let's just talk about how, who is, I guess, who's advanced Let's go right into the Wolverines and Wilderness series. So far, as we're standing right now, the it is a two-one series lead for the uh, for Anchorage, who snuck out a double overtime win last night. So I mean, it's uh, that is a going to be a fun series to watch. Uh, I mean, Anchorage, of course, winning the North American Hockey League Organization of the Year, so blanketed over the whole organization um, for all the divisions. I mean. They're a, they're a t- good team to watch. I mean, Mike Aikens, I have from personally knowing him with coaching Rochester, uh, the Grizzlies of the NA3HL, he's doing a very good job with his crew that he has. And they are a dangerous team to watch right now. So I have a feeling they're going to shut the door here when they go up to Cloquet uh, to finish off that series with the Wilderness. So I saw the game last night, and the goalie uh, for, was it the Wilderness? Or no, it was a goalie for the Anchorage uh, Wolverines, right? Who went down? It was a... I think it was the goalie for the Anchorage Wolverines went down, I want to say, late second period, early third period. Uh, I believe you are correct, 100%. I can't tell you. I didn't stay up that late to watch that game. That was a that okay. was a late game, especially with them being in Alaska. I mean, for you, it's, I would say, middle of the day over in Copenhagen when that game was going on here. It was late at night. <laughs> yeah, for me, I end up watching, I rewatch all the games uh, the next day because I'm always sleep. Well. I can't say I'm always sleeping. I'm sleeping when a lot of these games are on. But yeah, when these uh, when you got those Alaska games, the games are basically wrapping at about the time frame I'm waking up. Uh, but I did catch the game. But um, I believe their goalie went down yeah, it was the, right after a goal. Uh, it was the Wilderness goalie that, was, that went down after the second period, 1831 into the second uh, is when Matthew Smith ended up coming out. I mean, so, I mean, there was two goalies in there for the Wilderness. So, I mean. They, they they stood well. I mean, that's the thing with playoffs. I mean, you're going to get those long overtime games. I mean, we've seen it in the NHL, too, with uh, Pittsburgh and the New York Rangers, where they had that three overtime uh, marathon race, and they had yeah. to switch a goalie halfway through the second overtime. So, I mean, it's there's a lot of uh, cardio that has to be uh, situated, a lot of mental toughness for, for playoffs if you want to come out on top. Yeah, and and Kosh did a great job coming in. I mean, he stopped. I'm looking at the the stats here, but he stopped 24 of the 25 shots he faced. Obviously, the last one not being uh, actually being the goal. Um, but uh, you know, coming in in that cold into a big playoff game against a team like Anchorage and stopping 24 shots that come at you, he did what he could. Uh, that was a weird goal too. It was kind of like off his back. It was a weird angle goal. But uh, yeah, Anchorage takes that two to one series lead. 
Let's move into the Aberdeen and the Norseman series. That one has been a great series so far, and, and they're tied up at uh, one apiece. Yeah, so that series, of course, is a tough one. A lot of people uh, didn't expect uh, Aberdeen to come into game one up in St. Cloud and sneak away with that win. Uh, of course, game two was an overtime win for the Norsemen. So, I mean, they're another tough team to play. Uh, they're a physical team. They're, they got hot at the right time. Of course, they have the league MVP, Ryan O'Neill. Uh, helping lead the way there. He had the scoring title in the regular season, and he's doing very well at helping that club in the uh, the postseason race here. So, I mean, uh, that one itself, I have a feeling Aberdeen might take one more uh, back in Aberdeen. Um, and the ODI Center is a absolute uh, zoo to play in, uh, even yep. during the regular season, not just playoffs. Uh, regular season is crazy, but playoffs, it's an absolute zoo. And we'll kind of go over that as well. It was a interesting game three uh, for the Bruins and Aberdeen once we kind of talk about this and how that game and series ended. But uh, Aberdeen is going to have a uh, handful, and it's, it's going to go five games, but St. Cloud's going to come out. All right. And then uh, we'll actually move then into Jamestown and New Jersey. So Jamestown, again, not surprising. They've been playing an amazing, amazing hockey. But, man, Jersey, out of nowhere, come back, you know, come from behind win uh, to tie up the series. How do you think uh, the Rebels and the Titans are looking? Jamestown's a, a solid team. I mean, they've had a couple of a uh, couple of years where they've fallen just short. Uh, last year as well is one of them. They fell short in the final to the Maine Nordiques, who ended up ultimately making it to the Robertson Cup Final Four. So, I mean, Jamestown has a lot to prove. New Jersey's been one of the best teams in the league all season long. Uh, I mean, even at the showcase when the Bruins played them early in the year, uh, that was only a 3-1 win for the Bruins, and both teams didn't even have um, a lot of the guys that they had to close out the season. But uh, they're led by a very solid group of players. They have a good goalie there. Uh, I mean, playoffs-wise, it's it's a different animal. I mean, you got to get hot at the right time. you got to have all three things set up in the right place for you. All-stars got to line. you got to have a good defense, a hot goalie, and a, and a goal scorer. And that's exactly what Jamestown has at this moment in time. Yeah, and it's been an incredible series to watch. It's really been entertaining. And like I felt like Jamestown is pretty well in control of the series, especially after the first game and, and the way it was looking into the uh, – you know, I guess into the late second period, third period, I'm trying to think of when uh, the Titans made their comeback, but the Titans, they just turned it up to another level um, as they, I mean, they were the top team in the division this year. Uh, they turned it up to another level and showed why they finished first overall in the East. So uh, it's going to be a great series to see that one wrap up and uh, head back to Jamestown. Then we've got New Mexico and La Lone Star. So, this one, I'm actually kind of shocked. For whatever reason, my memory told me that uh, New Mexico won the first game, but uh, they didn't. Uh, they're actually down two games to none till Lone Star heading back to New Mexico and basically have to win out to advance. Yeah, and that's uh, that's a tough one there as well. Is I mean, Arthur Smith is easily the best goalie to come out of the North American Hockey League this year. Uh, goalie of the year. Um, and of course, uh, committed to Princeton. So he's going to an Ivy League school to continue his hockey career. He's a, uh, a rookie this season for the North American Hockey League. But Smith so far, um, only giving up two goals. Uh, Shut out in game one, a 2 0 final there against New Mexico. And then, of course, game two uh, on Saturday, it was a 4 2 victory for the Brahmas. So, I mean, Arthur Smith uh, is leading that club. And they're going to be a dangerous team to watch, especially if they can finish it out in three games against New Mexico next weekend back in Albuquerque. Yeah, honestly, the goaltending in that series has just been fantastic. You have with Halas on one side and Smith on the other. As a goalie, that's one of the that's one of the best series for me to watch right now because 
it's just been some absolutely wild saves and really, really solid tracking and leg movement. I'm really impressed with these two with these two tendies in net. But yeah, so that's kind of how we're playing out right now as it is we're recording this on Monday, May 9th. Um, and that's kind of where the series stand right now. So it's going to be exciting to see wrap up next weekend. Let's go back to the Aberdeen and Austin series. And uh, we, we were talking a little bit there. And, and tell us about, you know, that wild game delay you had. Yeah, it was uh, third period, uh, 17-03 left to play in the third period. Bruins were down uh, going into that period as they tried to keep their season live. And, of course, uh, storms were rolling through the area, and the whole north side of Aberdeen lost power. Like, everywhere was out. Uh, no power at all on the whole north side where the rink is there, uh, the ODI Center. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with Aberdeen, those uh, people who probably listen to the podcast uh, in the area who know Aberdeen, that's kind of on the fairgrounds out in the middle of nowhere. But that whole area up there by Presentation College, the fairgrounds, the whole north side of town, absolutely no power. And it was an almost an hour and a half delay until uh, the game got back on because it was an hour and 10 minutes until the power came back because they, uh, they had a uh, substation that completely blew. And then, of course, teams went back to the locker room, did a 10-minute warm-up period, and went right back into it. Um, so, I mean, it was an absolute wild scene. And the Aberdeen fans, like I said, it's a zoo when you go there. It was an absolute zoo when the power went out, and they still had a lot of fans stay around after that delay. And, of course, um, Bruins made a comeback there and fell a little short. Um, Alex Trombley got some life back into the team as he, uh, he scored a Michigan goal. Uh, to pull the team back within two. I mean, it was an absolute beauty of a goal. Um, didn't expect it. Uh, no one was even looking for it. They left Trompley alone down below the below the uh, the circles, um, and he loaded one up, went right over the shoulder of Castro in. So, I mean, um, Bruins are able to battle back there, got some life in with that Michigan goal by Trombley, but unfortunately couldn't weather the storm as Aberdeen got the empty netter to, uh, to seal the deal and, of course, uh, sent the Bruins home and finalized the, the series. No, it was an incredible game and I didn't know initially uh, because I was kind of skipping ahead because I saw that the game had kind of been split into two when I was watching because sometimes on hockey TV, uh, you know, the, obviously the recording had to be stopped or the recording stopped because the power went out. And uh, no, it was overall really, really cool game. Great series. But the Michigan goal was was sick. And so speaking of the Michigan goal and that being such a highlight of that game, were there any other like awesome moments from the season that really stood out to you for Austin? I mean, we've had a couple of big highlight plays all year. I mean, Clayton Knapp, of course, um, as you you know, he's kind of been a, become a fan favorite of you guys, uh, especially you kind of having your your goalie goalie fandom. Uh, he's Absolutely. made a couple of huge saves yeah. this season. Uh, he came in a little bit later in the year and kind of stole that number one spot and became a, a big staple. He became a fan favorite here. A lot of fans uh, absolutely love the kid. Uh, great kid, uh, young kid, uh, has a lot to learn still, but is uh, is a solid goalie. I mean, he's one of the guys that, uh, we may or may not have back next year is, of course, his uh, his rights for the USHL belong to Green Bay of the, uh, the Gamblers. So, I mean, uh, things considered, he comes back to us. Uh, he's going to be a good guy to have between the pipes. But, of course, uh, one of the big ones, too, was uh, four-year veteran uh, Carson Riddle, a guy who's been here for years, played in two hundred, a uh, little over uh, 200 career NAHL games, uh, the all-time games played leader here in, uh, in Austin, of course, uh, top five in points as well. Uh, finally called it a career here for his junior uh, junior lifestyle. So, I mean, 
Uh, guy got here when he was 16 years old and played until he was 20. So, I mean, not often you have a guy who played 200-plus career games uh, for one team. No, that's wild. And I'd imagine that uh, his number might be going up in the rafters there for the Austin Bruins. Um, yeah, that's 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 a talk. I mean, you don't often see uh, numbers retired in, in junior hockey. I mean, the only team I know of in our division that has a number retired is, uh, is Bismarck. But I mean, it's uh, of course, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, he's he's a fan favorite. Fans loved him. The community loved him. Uh, he's, he did a whole bunch for the organization, not just uh, on the ice, but off the ice as well. So, I mean, uh, wouldn't be surprised or uh, wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility that we see uh, number 27 retired in, in the future. No, that would be uh, I think and you're right, because it's pretty rare to see a players number retired in junior hockey because a lot of times the the stays and within junior hockey are, are short stayed you know you might be there for a season or two and you advance or you move on or you know a lot of things happen at junior hockey uh it's actually pretty rare in the nhl if you think about it for the amount of players that come through an nhl team how rare it is for a player to actually get their number up in the rafters and so yeah i, I wouldn't put it past the realm of possibility there for seeing how long he's played with with Austin and as you guys talk about him so highly and how he's basically Mr. Bruin, um, it would be uh, something pretty cool to see um, should it happen. And, and then yeah, like and the, said, other, the other running joke too, was after he, uh, after his final game, he, he rolled in, collected his 401k and cashed out his pension. That's, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's been here for that long and he's, uh, he was on the payroll essentially as, I mean, uh, like a guy who is a great guy. The Riddle family was always one of my favorites to talk to. His dad was an absolute, uh, absolute hoot when he was around uh, the whole family. His mom's a, a great lady. I mean, he's got a good head on his shoulders. I mean, right now it's uh, mulling over a couple of decisions on uh, his college career and what he's going to do next. So, I mean, that's the the next thing we're waiting on is um, Mr. Mr. Bruin to make his college commitment. And of course, once the, he does and, uh, he lets us know. We'll we'll let the Bruins faithful know exactly what his his plan is for his future. And that's one of the cool things about watching Twitter. And I mean, I know it happens on Instagram and Facebook too, but I basically just monitor Twitter. And uh, it's cool to see all the commitments coming out at this time of year. I mean, they they kind of start a little bit in December, um, and then they really get hot and heavy uh, as the spring advances into the summer, and you really start to see where players are committing to and. And signings for the new year for junior teams. And it, it's always super exciting to see where uh, some of these athletes end up because, uh, you know, it is a lot of hard work and there's a lot of effort put in by them. And uh, to be rewarded with being able to commit to a hockey program in college, D1, D3, D2 still exists. Yeah, no, not in, not in hockey. There is there are D2 schools that play either D3 or D1, but there's no official D2 in uh, for NCAA hockey. It's Long, Long Island University. What are they? They're D1 now. They're yeah. D1 now. Yes, that is correct. Wow, that's incredible. Honestly, I love their jerseys. The Sharks are now D1. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Because honestly, I love their jerseys. I think their program over there is awesome. Very young program. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where a lot of these kids commit, including Riddle. And then Knapp, if, uh, if he is back with Austin next year and not with Green Bay. You can definitely see some of the highlights uh, from the Austin Bruins this season, including a, a couple saves easily by, uh, by Knapp. On, on the PHH official Twitter account as we are dropping our 75 days of highlights, which is 75 goals, 75 saves for 75 days. So 
we're in the early parts of it right now. We're in the 70s and high 60s. So be monitoring the PHH official count all spring long into the summer as you start seeing some of the most incredible plays in junior hockey that we got to witness this year. And you know what? If you see the list and you disagree with it, uh, you know, reach out. Let me know why. And uh, I can't watch every game from every league in the world. So. Hit me up next year with great plays. I will be very keen to accept great plays and, and and highlight them and show them off. It's been awesome, honestly, Jared, watching not only the Austin Bruins this year uh, and the NHL, but all these leagues and all these athletes just making incredible saves and scoring incredible goals. Um, and not only that, sometimes the not so... I guess, sexy plays, you know, the really high hockey IQ plays, an amazing back checks, great four checks, uh, players that blow tires and still somehow have the, you know, head on a swivel to knock the puck around them to avoid the attacker from getting it, uh, despite the fact that they're on their back. So really, really incredible plays this year. Yeah. And that's the thing, you don't, it's not always the highlight reel plays that, uh, that you see that go unnoticed. I mean, on the score sheet, you don't see uh, the big back check that blocked a shot. You don't see those, uh, the big saves um, from, from not from a goalie. You don't see any of like the, the big hits on the, on the charts. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes unnoticed and uh, kind of not seen, but I yeah. mean, uh, one of the biggest things too, that is always talked about um, for even for goals, it's not even the, the prettiest goals that are the big ones. It's sometimes it's those greasy goals that you get in front. They don't ask how they ask how many. Yeah. And that's, it's a big thing that, the guy who plants himself in front of the goalie and is just getting destroyed and, you know, near the blue paint by the defenseman and the goalie that doesn't go unnoticed by coaches. But I think in terms of highlights, you're not going to see that guy take a cross check to the back like 15 times during a power play. You know, you're not going to see that as a highlight film, but that takes a lot. It takes a lot to be in that realm and to make those dirty, gritty plays so that when that puck does come in, you can slap it right past. It's not the sexiest goal. It's not the prettiest goal, but it's it's a goal. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, we've, we've seen it even with uh, the NHL playoffs, too. It's uh, not the, the biggest goals. I mean, last night, too, we were, I was watching the, the St. Louis Blues and Wild Game. Of course, this is coming out a little later, but that was uh, on Sunday on Mother's Day. And there was uh, the couple of uh, greasy goals that you had about five, six, seven guys in, uh, in the crease of Marc-Andre Fleury and uh, they just got one that banked home for St. Louis, went off a guy's uh, skate and went in. So, I mean, uh, like you mentioned, it's not the, the flashiest goals that make a big difference. It's sometimes just a little stuff like that. The Mother's Day games, basically every team tied the series. So that's great. I mean, the more hockey we can get, the better. I, I'm all about these these hard-fought series. So hopefully by the time this airs, Nashville is still in it. <laughs> you know, but... But Colorado's really taking it to Nashville right now. It's it's been great, honestly. The the NHL playoffs again. I'm sleeping during the game, so I just wake up and I watch the Sportsnet highlights because they go a little bit more in detail than the NHL highlights. So you get to see some of the bigger hits, some of the scuffles, and you don't really get to see that on the NHL's highlights. So I like seeing the big saves. I like seeing guys get into each other's faces. I just I can't watch the whole game. Um, nor at this point do I want to. It's a lot of games right now. There's a lot of. Uh... A lot of stuff like that. So, I mean, it's when it comes to playoffs, it's always fun to watch. I mean, like you mentioned, a lot of teams uh, battle back and have tied things up. Uh, but the one that I don't think is going to go any more than four is Colorado and Nashville. As much as you would like to see Nashville uh, hold it out, especially in uh, in Nashville. And 
uh, the loud, friendly confines of Bridgestone Arena. I have a feeling Colorado is going to end that one as soon as possible as they have had a uh, an absolute uh, tear. Uh, but one of the biggest yeah. things, of course, is uh, seeing where uh, Grubauer is after his uh, his injury and his exit in game three. Yeah, and it's it, – I mean, Nashville can come back, but it's probably not likely – uh, Colorado's proven uh, why they sat where they sat at the end of the season. I just sometimes think that Colorado enters the playoffs like Toronto. You know, they they come in hot and then they fade away. Toronto fades out a lot quicker usually. It's you know they don't make it past the first round. But Colorado, I think Colorado's fizzles generally due to I'm not kidding, but it's generally due to goaltender injuries. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be interesting to see how that series plays out. I mean if they finish it in four. And they're able to get kind of relaxed and get situated. It'll be nice to see. I mean, the other one too was Tampa Bay just making an absolute statement. Oh, down yeah. uh, down against uh, Toronto last night, and their big win is uh, that one. Of course, uh, every single year the Toronto faithful say it's uh, they're going to win the cup. The, the the Toronto fans of the the Dallas Cowboy fans of the NHL saying every single year the <laughs> we're going to win the Super Bowl. We're going to win the Super Bowl. In this case, it's uh, we're going to win the Stanley Cup. So I don't know. I don't. I don't see uh, Toronto holding it together here, and Tampa Bay is going to play it. And I mean, it's going to go six, but Tampa Bay is going to come back in, and uh, they're they're hot right now. That's uh, that's the uh, not a good good combination to have. No, the back to back Stanley Cup champs, they're not going to go down easy. I still think Toronto might pull it out. Um, I hope I'm wrong. No no offense, Toronto fans. Uh, as a Sabres fan, I'm not exactly a, a huge supporter of the Maple Leafs, um, but I hope that they, according to my bracket, I hope they at least make it out of the first round because then I haven't gotten eliminated. But, um, yeah, even Washington's up on Florida right now. So who knows? Who knows how all that's going to unfold? But, um, but no, you guys were able to see how the games unfolded. So, uh, you know, continue to enjoy the NHL playoffs and the NHL playoffs as they continue. So if you're not watching the NHL playoffs, you should be watching the NAHL playoffs this weekend as the series will wrap up. Heading into, and where will the, uh, so to speak, the Final Four be held this year? So it's going to be up in Blaine, like uh, has has been the last few years. I mean, the place at uh, Fogarty Arena in Blaine. Uh, it's been a uh, the host uh, location for the last uh, four or five seasons, if I'm not mistaken. They, they've wow. had a good thing there um, up in Blaine. So, I mean, it's uh, be fun to watch. Um, I'll make my way up there. I'll meander up there to watch some games. Uh, probably on the weekend, I'll be up there on the final of course it's uh it's may 20th through the 24th being the final on that tuesday uh that monday the 23rd is an off day and then they play the final on the uh, that tuesday so i mean it'll be uh fun to see uh, of course uh a couple of teams that i i would hope to see and one team i i really like to see uh especially with st cloud uh getting the support of the bruins faithful right now to knock aberdeen out so i mean of course, that's uh, the team we would like to see up there as uh, Bruins fans uh, are pulling for the Norsemen. So, I mean, uh, it's fun to see. There's a lot going on up there during that time, not just uh, the Robertson Cup playoffs. There's the the, uh, the prospects challenge that goes on there. So you get kids, uh, 16U and 18U are up there who gets, uh, get a chance to showcase their talents for uh, scouts and coaches who are up in the area, um, as well as some other events. So, I mean, it's it's a pretty busy time. Um, up there in Blaine, so it's it'll be fun to see. So I mean, if you're around uh, in the northern or the Minnesota area, uh, if you are a fan of the podcast and are up there, come on out and check it out. It's always fun to, to watch some games in person. Absolutely, so, yeah. If you're in the area, anybody, uh, get out there. 
support the NHL, support the prospects, really watch some amazing hockey. I'm really stoked for uh, for the four teams that advance for their best of three series and then for the national championship game on the 24th. I won't be watching live, but I'll be watching the next day. <laughs> so, uh, you know, with that said, we do want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at PHH Official to let us know what you think. And also be sure to comment and share any upcoming games or hockey news we should cover in a future podcast. This was the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and our special guest, the play-by-play announcer for the NHL's Austin Bruins, Jared Becker. Thanks for having me on, Chris. Always a pleasure to, to talk with you guys with Pigeonhole and uh, keeping you guys updated and filling in fans on the, the North American Hockey League. No, we really appreciate that. And uh, listeners, you should probably hear him again here sometime soon as we go into the uh, the final four, Frozen Four. Be sure to listen out for that episode. And until then, remember, always clear crease.